tap into your most original thinking, organize your ideas, and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Welcome back to our podcast, friends. And today our global travels virtually anyway, take us to New York City. And we're talking with R&B recording artist and performer, Alora Lovelight. Alora, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. And you know, this idea of music, of course, the creativity, but we always underscore the part of our podcast, the unlocking part. Yeah, yeah I love that. Again, the, the confidence, the connections, all the production to get the work out into the world. Yeah, that's really a big part of what you do, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Definitely. There's a lot of unlocking that goes on and in, in having an idea or being a good singer is is great, but that's about 7%. <laughs> that's a good start. Yeah. Well, Alora has a terrific debut single that was released just last year. It's called Erotacy. And let's take a listen. Erotacy. I would like to get to know you. Like my television, I'll remote control you. Well, Laura, love the, the beat of it. It's really been described as a pop R&B kind of a club sound. If you listen to it, I've also read that you're really trying to communicate a confidence in that song too, a confidence yeah. of self-love. Yes. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, you know, with the song Erodicy, it was important to me to make a song that was upbeat and fun. And I wanted it to be creative, but I wanted it to have a feel of sexy and confident and empowered. And when I see everybody listening to it or singing along, that's totally the vibe that I see and I get. And, and that's exactly what I was going for. So I'm, I'm so pleased with the way the single is going and the way that people are receiving it. Um, that is always my intention to kind of empower people and make people feel better about themselves, you know? Yeah. And as the song was developing, I guess, both you know, the lyrics and music, but also, as we've discussed, the production part of it, were you gaining more and more confidence? Was there a role to it that was building? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's funny that you say that. You know, I just was working on a, on a promo video last night with some of my team and we were joking because we had like a card with a whole bunch of footage and content on it. And um, we had done a like preliminary commercial type thing for Erodicy way before we, we put the video out and we never even put the commercial out, but we were kind of laughing about how important doing that was for me to just kind of get in the swing of the video and direction and having a director and angles and all of that goes into it. And 
if you haven't done it before, you really don't realize, you know, how important there's so many things to think about. So definitely we, we've put a lot of content together, but not all of it makes the cut. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, and you were talking about collaborators and contributors. You know, you've had a chance to work alongside Grammy award-winning uh, producers and a lot of other billboard listed artists. What, what is it like when you have to, I mean, it's your baby, it's your music. But you yeah. do want to draw from the experience of these other people, though, right? Yeah. And you know what? That's such a like important question for artists to understand because there's like a really kind of gray area type sweet spot about you want to hold fast to your creation, like your art and your creativity. And you want to say, this is the vision that I have. And that's valuable because only you can have, you know, a specific vision for your art. But then on the other side of things, you know, taking constructive criticism or notes or ideas from people who are well versed in you know, the industry, I have some amazing people around me. So it, it's really, if I want to get to a certain place, it's to my advantage to take their advice and kind of work with my ideas and my creation, but go with what they're telling me and put them both together. Yeah, that's so interesting how to reconcile that. Because I mean, on this show, we've talked to authors, we've talked to children's book writers and illustrators, and we've talked to painters and, you know, all points in between. And it's always that fine line, like you said. It's right. like, I want to own my work. It's my right. work, quote unquote. Yeah. But you'll never get out in the world without these other people. And taking that constructive criticism and even edits, it can be hard sometimes, can yeah. it? Yeah, it definitely is something I think that is, one is hard to do as an artist because you're right. It's like, that's your baby. And, you know, what do you mean sing it different or sing it, you know, or like stand like this or do this or, you know, it's like, wait a second. But then you have to kind of take into account who is telling you advice or idea, you know, if it's the random person who has never had any experience okay well we take that with a grain of salt but if it's somebody who really knows like a billboard artist or like a grammy producer then it's my job to say okay they know better than me yeah, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and you can learn and grow from that right right yeah. and that's the point right we want to be better we want to grow and all that yeah alora tell us about a new single just being released yeah the next single that we're going to do is called royalty and I'm excited about releasing it. It's kind of the same vibe as Eradicy, but it, we, we bumped it up a little bit. We bumped it up a notch. So it's still totally in the category of fun, sexy, empowerment, all of that. I'm very excited about that too. Yeah. I always love this word vibe because it's yeah. sort of like, you know it when you feel it, you know, yeah. you know it when you hear it. What, what did you know that this was the vibe you were looking for in this song? Yeah, that's a cool question. I, feel like that's the vibe that I want to present as an artist overall. So like for myself, it took me a long time to get to a place where I did feel empowered. I did feel comfortable on the stage, on camera, on all of those things that I love, but I had to find the confidence, you know, within myself to do it, which a lot of people don't find that maybe ever. And so that's a really important thing for me to bring to the table as a woman, as an artist, as a singer, as a writer, as somebody who has formally felt that level of 
not feeling super confident, not feeling all that beautiful, not feeling put together and saying to women anywhere, it doesn't matter anything about you on the outside really doesn't matter. You can find this level of love and empowerment. I think that's why people love Beyonce so much is because she exudes this vibe of, you know, her, you know, there's a difference between confidence and arrogance, right? The difference is that confidence is not me saying I'm better than you. It's just me saying I'm great. And I think that that's a really important thing to portray for me as an artist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned how that (laughs) great description of vibe for one thing. And because you brought it up, I'll ask you about it. I mean, I wouldn't probe, but did this really come from the inside out? Yes. Because some people you do look at in the music business, especially and say, okay, that's a great brand. Right. If I really knew him as a person, but do you feel that you have grown personally into this more confident artist and, and individual and woman? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's been a fun, hard, but good journey of finding myself. And I think that that naturally as an artist and as a writer has poured over into my art is, is this finding of myself. And I think that it's so relatable because everybody's finding themselves, right? No matter if we're 20 or 30 or 40 or 50, you know, we're all rediscovering what we love and what's important to us and what we value, giving ourselves that love and making time for ourselves. So I think that's totally the brand that I want to create and represent. And it has been a journey of transformation from the inside out. I have gone through a major transformation from the time that, you know, I was 13, 14, very shy, very kind of quiet. I was like the girl who could sing. That's, that's kind of what my thing was, but you know, I wasn't like going to parties and I wasn't like the cheerleader and I, that wasn't, you know, my MO, but I grew into finding myself and my value in my art and my music and myself as a woman, you know, all of that was, was something that was a journey. And I think we all deal with that. So that's where, you know, my music comes from a place of that. And I think people receive it so well because everybody can identify with wanting to feel confident and empowered and being somewhere on the journey, you know, whether they're like, yeah, I got it. Or they're like, oh, that makes me feel like I could get there. Still a work in progress. Yeah. Love that. Thanks for sharing. Well, I guess with that, I'd love to turn the page to some of your other work. And and that is teaching and empowering young people who do want to sing and perform. I'd love to hear more about the programs and the work that you have for them. Yeah, of course. I started a program called Unseen to Queen, and that is a program for teen girls. And it's kind of a passion project of mine. It's something I ended up doing because... You know, I had a few young girls kind of ask me, will you work with me? Will you coach me? And so I ended up doing that. And as I met them and as I got to know them, you know, I, I was like, these girls are just like me, you know, they're just like I was. And when you're in that space as somebody who's shy or insecure, or you're like, nobody gets it. Nobody knows this is, you know, this is terrible. And I feel so sad or alone or whatever. And it's like, wow, you know, they're, they're just like I was at that age, really shy, kind of, you know, not sure of themselves. And they're, you know, they're changing into a woman at this time in life and, but they love music. 
and I find that, you know, they talk to me about their school day and they'll talk to me about what's going on. But I, I see that when they sing and when they perform, it's like it opens this part of them that is really the true them that I never really understood is that like, that's who I really was. And I'm like, wow, I can help these girls figure it out about 10 years earlier. <laughs> there you go. So, it's so interesting the I way you describe that, that that's the real them, not the alter ego, yes. you know, that it's not somebody, well, where did that come from? It's right. like, no, that's really what's inside that's, me. Right, right. Absolutely. And it's fun. It's fun to watch. Like people ask a lot about my coaching techniques and about, you know, and it's like, Honestly, I, I really don't do, I, of course, like I'm a professional singer and I am a professional performer. So yes, I, I have techniques and tips that I teach them, but it really goes back. It's a lot less about music and it's a lot more about feeling like I deserve to hold this space on stage in life. And, you know, they use these tools to say, I have a presentation at school this week and they go from feeling like, they don't even want to be in front of a classroom to this performance technique they add to life skills. It's cool. I love watching it. It's, it's neat to be a part of because I hold the space for them and they find it themselves. Because like we said, that's truly who they are. Yeah. What insight can the rest of us sort of, I'll call us creative supporters of these young girls. Because yeah. I, I think about my daughters, I think about now my granddaughters who you're describing this and I'm having this, like, I can see that scene. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, we're having this conversation. Right. But what can we learn from those interactions that we can better support those budding, those unseen queens as yeah. you describe them? That's such a beautiful question. And I think that like for myself, what I find to be the best thing for me is it's really important to me that they feel seen and they feel heard. And that's why the course is called Unseen to Young Queen, because I think that one of the most powerful things that I can do for them or we can do for them as their parents, as their teachers, as their guardians, all of that is to make them feel like they are what is the value not their hair, not their look, not their comparison to Susie, who's the cheerleader at school. They have value. And just giving them that space to say, you're a queen, you know, just because you're you, just because you're you. And letting them discover that themselves. Because I know more than anybody that you can't tell one of these young girls like, you're pretty feel that way. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I just told you, you were, what else do you want? <laughs> right. It doesn't work like that. But if we hold space for them yeah. to find it themselves. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's continue this thought because you also coach musicians and I've watched a lot of your videos on really the business side of music. And I love your posts about if you think you need an agent or if you think you need X, Y, and Z to be successful, here's some real truth. <laughs> What's been your experience in this regard? Yeah, before I was kind of a recording artist, so to speak, I was playing little clubs, jazz bars, different events like that. And I actually, I made a very successful career for myself doing it. And I think a lot of people don't realize you know, we all like create these fake self limits, right? Of like, I can't do this because, and it's like, well, 
that's not true. (laughs) So common feedback that I hear from musicians is they feel like they can't do it because, oh, I don't have a big social media following. Not true. They think, oh, I need somebody who does the booking for me. Also not true. And they think, oh, I need, you know, to have $5,000 of keyboards and this and that. Also not true. And I think that like you can actually go to a place and if you play an instrument, I play the piano. So you can go somewhere and I would go with my piano. And it, I always had a business mindset about it, which is why I think I was able to make that a full-time thing. That's, you know, the last time when I was doing that is when I transitioned into like doing music full-time. A lot of people think, oh, you know, I just go and I could go to an open mic and maybe they'll book me because I'm good, which is true, which is true. But if you want to make a career out of it, there are really important strategies. Like you do have to have a business mindset. You do have to say, okay, is it productive or is it business savvy of me to play a gig for $500 when I have a, and then go spend $700 at Guitar Center to pay for my gear. And it's like, well, wait, that's backwards. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, let's yeah. do it strategically. If I'm looking at the profit and loss there, that's on right. the wrong end of it. Right. And, and I think a lot of people like don't, don't kind of view it from a business mindset, right? It's like, oh, I played a gig at a bar and it's like, okay, but what are your numbers like? If you want to make that your career, if you want to make that your income, if you're doing it as like your extra side thing for fun and you get free beer and chips, like, cool, that's great. (laughs) But for people who are like, I really want to do that full time, but I don't know how to, you know, the reason I got into it was because I went to see a friend of mine play at a local like bar and he was telling me how much money he was making for the show. And I thought I made that much money this week working a 40 hour week. And I'm a musician. Like I can do that. And so I think that that was, that was a big switch for me to be like, wow, he's here for three hours. He's playing music, doing what he loves. And he made as much money as I did this week. Mm -hmm. I was like, I got to figure that out. Yes. Well, and that's a whole blend. I mean, you're, you're stirring this whole gumbo. Now we've gone to the music and we've gone to empowerment of young girls and talent. Now we're talking about the business. You stir all that together and you say, you do have to have some confidence that what you're doing is the right thing for you. Yes, you do. But you know what? It took me like, this is really fun for me. And I love, like, I love to get to do interviews and stuff because I like to talk about the process and you don't, you know, on a stage or on a performance, like they're there for music. They don't want to have a conversation. So that's why we do this, but there's eight or nine years behind this. Like we're talking about the courses, we're talking about performance. We're talking about, you know, a hit single there's years and years behind music that it didn't take off shows that I didn't make money on because I wasn't business savvy, all of those things. Being an artist, it sounds so cliche about like, don't give up. Right. But it's like, you have to make those mistakes to 
you know, somebody just messaged me today and they were like the old friend and said, wow, you're doing so great. And I said, yeah, I finally figured out what works and what doesn't work. Yes. And let's do yeah. more of what works. Yeah. yeah right. Right. Well, so, this is why, you know, I have heard that in, yeah. in all walks of creative life. Sure. You absolutely. know, you've got to pay your dues. It's going to yeah. take time. You know, you'll make mistakes, but you're also describing, yeah, you, you got to make, maybe make some of your own stubbing of your toe. Yeah. But there are formulas out there that did yes. sort of wake up and get it early. Yes. You don't have to wait years and years. Well, and that's why I love these courses that I was able to kind of sit down and create because there are questions that people ask me a lot anyway. And often. So it's like with the girls, I I didn't even realize until I started coaching young girls, I was like, I can't believe that I never had a female mentor ever. God, how important, like, that's kind of a huge That would be a big deal. Yeah, and it's like, you know, the the music industry is is a male dominated industry. There's a lot more men in the industry than women. And so I, I think that, wow, I didn't even have that realization that I needed that until I became that for somebody else. And it's like, hey, I love working with these kids and these girls because like I said, I get, let's talk about these things 10 years before, you know, when you're 13 and not 23. Yes. yes. And then same thing for, for musicians is that a lot of people kind of fumble their way through of how to make money and people don't even know there's strategies. There's strategies about how you take a break. There's strategies about how you play a show. There's strategies about how you do your set list. Like, People kind of just jump into that and they wonder, well, why am I not elevating from here? And it's like, well, you're not implementing tips and tr- strategies and money, things like that, that will get you to the next level. And mm-hmm. if you want, I can help you. <laughs> there you I go. Yeah. Yes. Well, before we close, Alora, I just want to let the listeners know where to find you and follow your work. My guest has been Alora Lovelight. She's an R&B singer and songwriter. And as we've heard, producer, published writer, and also a CEO. So you can follow her work on at Alora Lovelight on all the social media platforms. And her new single is Erodicy. And you can find the business side of things and the coaching and the classes at www.lovelightsoundmusic.com. Well, Alora, what's ahead for you? What's next? Uh, What's in your creative sort of crystal ball? Oh my gosh, so many things. I feel like the more, the more things manifest, the more like I'm, I feel open-minded about what can, you know, like it's really limitless possibilities and it's us who thinks, well, I just want to get to here. And it's like, well, then you get to here and you're like, well, but actually I could do this, this, and this. So I'm excited. I'm excited to watch the courses grow and work with people who love music. I love music and I love people. So that's a perfect thing for me. I'm really excited for more music. I'm excited that COVID has finally kind of subsided, hopefully. And, you know, live shows are definitely in the future this year, a tour, fall, and definitely a whole record. So, yeah. Well, keep us posted on those uh, dates and we'll be sure to share them out there. 
Yes. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Thanks to Alora Lovelight for being my guest. And thank you listeners for coming by. I hope you're gaining this kind of creative inspiration and motivation for your own work and gaining the confidence and connections to get your work out into the world. That's our purpose here on our podcast. I'm Mark Stenson, and we're unlocking your world of creativity. I leave you with a little more of Alora's music. We'll see you next time. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliQ Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and thepeaceroom.love. Hey, it's Alora Lovelight. And if you're enjoying Unlock Your World of Creativity, make sure to check out my new show, The Allure Show, on Roku and Amazon Fire TV.